Hello, and thank you for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. The Teaching Math Teaching Podcast is sponsored by the Association of MathMax Teacher Educators, a community of math teacher educators learning to teach math teachers better. I'm your host, Joel Amidon. Today, we are talking with Dr. Jeff Wonko, who is a professor at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. We are talking to Jeff today about SARS. No, Jeff is not an astronomer, but he has served in multiple roles for the STAR Fellowship Program. STAR stands for Service, Teaching, and Research, and the Fellowship Program is an early career induction program for faculty in mathematics education in institutions of higher education. Jeff has served as one of the program facilitators and, and is currently the Associate Vice President for STAR Fundraising. Welcome, Jeff. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you, Joel. It's great to be here with you this morning. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, the, one of the roles you had, you were, and I said program facilitator, like, would you, it, that's what you were to me, I guess not, I guess you were a mentor to me when you were at star, <laughs> when I was at star and you were there. I don't know. Sure. So I was one of the, um, I was one of the facilitators. I, I helped to lead some of the, the sessions, uh, did one of the plenary conversations. And, and then later on, I, I served as a, as a co-director for a couple of years. So yeah. I, I, I wore several different hats over a seven year period with the, uh, with the star program. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Many hats, many hats. So, um, you know, I, I did, I did a, a decent introduction, but can you take a minute to introduce yourself beyond what I already shared? What did I miss? Thank you, Joel. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly you're exactly on here. So uh, my name is Jeff Wonko. I am a professor now. This is year number twenty three for me. The Michael As Jordan a, year. Fantastic. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So um, so here at Miami University, um, this is my twenty third year on faculty, um, and over that time, I've done a number of other things while a faculty member or taken some time away from faculty to do some administrative stuff. Um, but I've gotten to do a number of things like even teaching in our, our Luxembourg program. Miami has a, has a campus, uh, a learning center that we have in the country, the small country of Luxembourg. And I have had the, the great fortune for two one-year periods to actually live and teach in Luxembourg. So it's been a, a great opportunity for me to work with, with students abroad, um, take students on study tours. Like it's, it's been so much fun. I, I've taken students to Germany to see the sites of, of some of the great mathematicians in history um, mm -hmm. in Germany, and that's been that's been great. I've also taken students to go to uh, go to Finland and go to Helsinki and see teachers teach in classrooms there and studying about uh, comparative education experiences. So that's been just a great, great opportunity for me. So being here at Miami has, has given me the opportunity to do a lot, a lot of different things. So yeah, um, I, I do right now, I am teaching math methods for middle childhood and for our secondary adolescent young and adult program, young adult program. And uh, we uh, thoroughly, thoroughly uh, dig into all sorts of fun math education topics there. Yeah. Wow, the international travel from an education perspective—that's that's just fascinating. I, I, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. 
Oh, what, it's a, been, what a unique experience though, too, to have that Luxembourg campus. I mean, my yeah. Goodness. Yeah. So I, I first got started though. Um, I think it was about my sixth year. No, it was a little bit, a little bit later than that, about my seventh year at Miami. Um, I supervised student teachers. We had a program um, in conjunction with the uh, the Department of Defense schools in Germany mm-hmm. back when the U.S. still had a number of military bases in Germany, which many have closed down now or shifted a little bit further east in Europe. But um, we had students who were doing their student teaching in American classrooms in these Department of Defense schools. Wow. And one one semester in the fall semester of wow wow it would have been in 2007 um my family and i and at that time we had a soon-to-be one-year-old and a soon-to-be four-year-old uh we drove across germany five times to go visit our students in these (laughs) classrooms (laughs) across germany and that was just just absolutely fascinating and and thrilling to get to see the countryside that's it, it kind of whetted our appetite a little bit to, yeah, yeah. to living in Europe. And so we we're like, yeah, I think we could do this. And so um, once we even had our, our third child, then we committed to a full year. Uh, one time uh, when our youngest child was three. And then the second time back to when our youngest child, Naomi, when she uh, was in second grade. So we had the last time we were there, we had a second grader, a fifth grader and a seventh grader. Uh, living for a full year and going to school in Luxembourg school schools. So that was such a great experience. Yeah. All right. So let's, we're going to go back a little bit before that even. Yeah. And say, well, Jeff, how did you start teaching math teachers? (laughs) So like pretty much anybody in our field, Joel, I started out as a public school teacher um, and I was, totally, totally into middle school. This is, I, I loved teaching middle schoolers. Um, and something I didn't mention about Miami University, which by the way, for people who don't know where Miami is, we are in Ohio. In fact, we're in Southern Ohio, Southwestern Ohio. Um, and uh, this is the university where I did my undergraduate work. I, I went to Miami as an undergrad, loved being here. Uh, just a great a great institution to learn from some, some of the best people um, out there. And I loved being a middle school teacher. That's what I committed my life to. And so I was teaching middle school. I taught for six years and, and um, thought, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. This is, this is my life. I'm going to be a middle school math teacher. and I'm going to work really hard at this and, and, and get better and better at it. And when I was working on my master's degree over the summers, one of my faculty members said, okay, Jeff, you're, just about done with your master's. So now what are you going to do? And I said, I, you know, I think I'm going to continue to be a better math teacher, with my master's degree. And he said, well, yeah, that's good. That's a good aspiration. But have you ever thought about a doctorate? And I said, you've got to be kidding me. No, no, of course not. And, you know, I think it's a similar story for, for a number of us who, who went through these kinds of programs. And, it got me thinking really hard about the kinds of things that I was doing and, and the impact that I could have. So for me, Joel, it was all about, I had an impact on these 180 or so kids when I was teaching middle school in a year. And I loved that impact, that direct impact. But I got to thinking about, could I have an even greater impact on even more people by teaching teachers who then go out and teach 
kids. Um, and although the impact may not be quite as direct, um, I thought this could be a really, really good thing. I, I thought, let's give it a shot. Let's see what it is. And so I was teaching in this middle school and the textbooks and things that we had were fine. You know, they were pretty standard, but I was really starting to get the idea that things could and should be better. And I started using um, some ancillary books called the Middle Grades Math Project. I don't know if you've ever heard of MGMP. Mm. Um, from the 1980s, there were a series of these five books that were put out um, by people at Michigan State. And it was kind of an independent, I believe it was the Dale Seymour Publication Company uh, that, that put these out. And there were these five standalone units um, about some really, really cool and interesting topics in, in middle grades. And they, they were all about how to do something more than your standard kind of kill and drill yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff. And they had, you know, kind of scripts written out for the kinds of things you could say to really engage your students. And they used this protocol that they had been developing called Launch Explore Summarize. And I was like, oh, this is really kind of cool. You launch a problem, you have the kids explore, and then you pull them together for a summary. All right. So I liked that model. I liked that that kind of lesson model, that, that protocol. And it said Michigan State on it. So I started to look around and I was looking at different programs and when I looked at Michigan State, I learned that they had recently gotten uh, an NSF grant to expand the middle grades math project, MGMP, to expand it from five units to 24 Whoa. and to call it Connected Mathematics. Oh, so really? oh, wow. that was cool. that was the foundation for Connected Math, for CMP. Um, so there was a book on similarity, for example, that you'll see so much come out in some of the other units now that, that are part of connected mathematics. And you'll see, um, you'll see a book on spatial uh, visualization and relationships that, that became a part of a unit in connected math. So, so Glenda Lappin, uh, yeah. Bill Fitzgerald, Betty Phillips, um, and others, you know, had, had written these five books. And then they reached out to a couple of people, uh, Susan Friel and Jim Fay, at some other institutions to bring in some other expertise. And, and those people put together this, this uh, proposal to develop this, uh, this large curriculum, which then I was like, this, this sounds awesome. So I, I got to Michigan State. I um, got to be part of Connected Math and was in there, not from the ground floor, but uh, about level 1.2 or so, and That's got in awesome. there and um, got to work with them, you know, just right alongside some outstanding uh, developers, graduate assistants, teachers, because we were going out and piloting these units in the schools. And, and Joel, this is what got me to realize that almost everything I had been teaching was wrong. When I was teaching middle school, you know, it was it was just so enlightening. And I and I just transformed. I thought this is there's so much more I could do. And and when I would hear from a, a former middle school student of mine who would contact me or something, because this this burgeoning thing called the Internet and people would start to reach out. And yeah. um, and I would hear from somebody. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I learned so much in your class. And I said, I wish I could go back and do everything over again, because I know so much more now than I did then. Thank you for your compliments, but I, I don't think I did that well back yeah. then, you know, but um, I, I am so appreciative of all the opportunities that I had as a teacher, as a graduate student, um, as a, as a TA in teaching classes at Michigan state, uh, working alongside all of these, these incredible people. 
Um, so that's what got me started. And then I realized there was so much more that we could be doing um, and better ways to do it. So I, I really landed in this field of curriculum, this, this idea about how do you develop ideas and how do we, how do we help kids to do a better job um, and, and to understand things at a, at a more rich and engaging level. Um, and at Michigan State, I found out there were really two camps of people. There were people who believed that um, a curriculum should be self-designed by teachers, um, you know, with your students as the year goes along. And I think that's really, really awesome. Um, but then I also, having been a middle school teacher, I realized that is a lot, a lot of work when you've got yes. lots of kids and yes. lots of things going on. So I kind of fell in the other camp with the Connected Math folks to say what really works is to have a curriculum that has been designed, that has been put together, a textbook series that works really well. And you use that as your foundation, right? You you understand that things were put together in certain ways that make a ton of sense. And lots of super smart people have been thinking about this stuff. Uh, but then you can adapt and, and make changes based on the students who you know best, who are in your classrooms. And that's what a really, really good teacher does. Yeah. I, I just have to, I, I can't, um, just given the opportunity that you're talking about your this kind of this, uh, fundamental shift in your idea about what teaching is when you expose to this curriculum, I was a field test teacher for core plus. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And so that was one of those, the 13 funded NSF curriculum. And so not only, well, we were actually one of the schools that did it and got training from like Hal Shane and Chris Hirsch and stuff. We went to Iowa to get this like training every year. Yeah. And, and then we were one of the schools selected to be a field test teacher for their second edition. And so got a chance to interact with Jim Fay, who was a Wisconsin grad. And so, but like on the hindsight, <laughs> or, like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, these are legends like in math. And like at the, the time I'm like, well, that's just, that's Jim. That's right. Like, Jim who wants me to look up on the internet what the score to the Wisconsin uh, Maryland <laughs> game was. But but also too, just like this idea, because I remember, you know, the the launch explorer summarize in which we did the same thing where it was like, yeah, and I didn't know like for me as a teacher, it was like, what do I do? I'm not. I'm not telling them what to, are you, I'm not telling them what to do. Are you serious? Like they're just being guided through this. And, and it was like amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. 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 I think so many of us, we had our eyes opened, right. When yeah. we started to learn about these things and, and yeah, Jim was great. I, I loved, you know, he was out at Maryland and, uh, and I knew that he was working of course with core plus and he was our connector between connected math and core plus to help us keep in alignment the kinds of things that they were talking about in core plus and how we helped to prepare students with connected math. Not to say that you had to use this set of texts in the middle grades and this other one in the high school, but to think about these big ideas and how we can help prepare kids to be ready for those things. It was, it was so critical. And then, yeah. and then Susan did the same thing to help us think about what was going on in the elementary grades. Yeah. Uh, so that was, it was just phenomenal, phenomenal. And, and, and you're right, you know, uh, Glenda was Glenda, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I would, I would uh, get to, um, like one time I, I flew out to, to Maryland to work with um, some teachers and met up with Jim. He, he picked me up at the airport and then, you know, 
I stayed at his house and, and Glenda one time had me kind of, you know, come over and, and drop some things off at her house. And I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. But everybody was so humble and so, so fantastic. So nurturing. I, I just loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, cool. that's why I stuck around. I stuck around for six years at Michigan state uh, because I was having such a great time. I had finished, you know, all of my, uh, all of, all of my coursework in three and then I'm like, this connected math stuff is fantastic. And I wanted to learn more. And so I, I just took some, I took my time kind of getting, getting yeah, things yeah. going with the, with the rest of my work. And I loved it. Yeah. So, so Jeff, thank you for sharing that. What is the, what is the best advice you received when you started teaching math teachers? This is a question we'd love to ask. I wonder yeah. If- yeah. Yeah, so I think that for me, one of the the most important things that I learned um, was to listen. You know, it's just like when you're teaching kids. Um, don't think that you have all the answers, um, and don't think that your answer is the right answer or the only right answer. Right? Um, part of my dissertation actually grew out of some of the work that I was doing with pre-service teachers at the time. So things that I learned about um, by listening to my pre-service teachers and hearing their ideas expanded my repertoire and and my knowledge, my deep knowledge of some mathematical content that I thought I pretty much already had all the answers to. And I quickly realized that I didn't. And so for me, Joel, that's kind of... um, a credo that I, I try to live by all the time. Um, in fact, a number of the articles that I have written, a number of the, the things that I talk about, I'm, I'm always referencing things that I learned from my students, whether they were when they were middle school teachers, but mostly from when I was teaching pre-service teachers at Michigan State or here at Miami. Um, it, it really grounds me and it moves me forward in ways that I, I really would not have anticipated. So for me, the big takeaway is you've got to listen. You've got mm-hmm. to listen and you've got to um, not just hear them, but listen to what they're saying and make sense of what your students are saying. Um, that's to me, that's, that's, the, that's the way to move forward. I've learned a lot. In fact, um, I've had some students who I've worked with one-on-one, be they uh, graduate students or undergrads in a kind of an undergraduate program that we have here at Miami, um, undergraduate research program, um, where they refer to me as their mentor. And I have learned to say, well, actually, it's it's a two-way street. You know, um, they are mentors for me in ways that that I had not anticipated. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with, with people like you, Joel. You know, when, if you refer to me as your mentor, I'm humbled by that. I really, really am. But I can't tell you how much I have learned from people like you and other um, people who are coming up through uh, the, the, their own programs as, um, as, as pre-service teacher educators, right? So um, I, I'm amazed. That's why I love to go to conferences and, and go to talks about things that I have not seen before, heard about. I, I just love to learn about this. And that's why this STAR program um, which we're going to talk a little bit more about, but for me, it's been life-changing for me um, because I've gotten to learn so much from the the early career folks who I've gotten to meet and work with. Nice, nice. So, um, 
we'll, we'll go to one question and then we're going to go jump into star. So, and this is something we we've reshaped this question because it used to be just about how do you get things done, but we, 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 we shaped it. So how do you set boundaries and priorities to get the right things done and still enjoy your life? I like that question. It's great. Ah, uh, so it's a hard one to answer because it depends on the situation, yeah. but, but I will say this there, you, you, you set out your priorities and for me, the number one priority is my family. So, um, every decision that I make has to take my family, um, into consideration. Yeah. That's, it's why I'm here. It's, it's why I'm here is is to do right by my family as, as much as I possibly can. So, so for me, when I'm thinking about, um, you know, uh, getting to go to Luxembourg, for example, to go and, and teach in Luxembourg, um, my wife, Molly and I talked an awful lot about what kind of an impact that would have on the kids. It was great for me professionally. It was great for me, uh, pedagogically getting to see classrooms yeah. in other countries and things, but it was also a big, it, it, a big factor in it was how this would have an impact on our own kids yeah. and on, on my wife as well. You know, what, what kind of a life would everybody have living in Luxembourg? And of course we didn't know, we had no idea, but we were very purposeful in making those decisions to think about what everybody would be doing when we're there and what kind of an impact that would have on them for their life, hopefully. So, yeah. um, so that's, that's one example of that. But, but then I think about other things. So, for example, I've had some really great opportunities to do some administrative work at the university. And those have been decisions that have helped me out professionally, um, have been really, really um, enriching for me. Um, however, I can't commit to something like that unless I take into consideration what kind of an impact that would have on my family. Yeah. Okay, So is it going to take too much time away? from the work I do as a dad and as a husband uh, with my family. If it does, then it's a no-brainer. You don't do it. Yeah. Um, and so I've had opportunities to do some things um, that I've turned down um, because I thought, well, that's, that's going to be too much time away from my family. And, yeah. and that's got to be the most important thing. So you have to think about that. And, and, but at the same time, you're also considering your own career and, and what some of your opportunities are going to be. Um, and I remember at star um, Denise saying to, to people, you know, it's okay to say no to yeah. some opportunities that come along. Right. She, that was a, a great, a great mantra that she would help everybody to, to learn. It's okay to say no, because it's not going to be the last time that opportunities like that will probably come along. Right. Right. So, when the timing is right, that's when you make those kinds of decisions. And sometimes um, an opportunity comes up that you were not expecting. That happens a lot. And so um, you have to then take a step back and, and weigh against what your priorities are. And for me, my priority has always been my family. Nice. Nice. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. No, thank you for asking that question. Yeah. Um, so we want to talk about STAR and you know, given again, all the hats that you're, that you've worn for star. Um, so, and I guess we kind of got in, but maybe, well, I'll ask it and just see if there's something that you need, some blanks you need to fill in. How and why did you get involved with star? I love 
that I get to talk about this. Yeah. All right. So when I was finishing up at Michigan State in 2000, um, and back in, in, I guess, in the fall of 99, I was looking around at, at some job opportunities. And one of the other positions that I interviewed for was at Missouri. Um, I had been out to Missouri as a graduate student because Connected Math had been involved with um, a project that was housed at the University of Missouri, and Bob and Barb Rays were the PIs for this project, where they were bringing together all the middle school projects that were NSF-funded projects. I think there was a similar one for high school projects, hmm. but but um, the Rays had this had this project where they were bringing together the middle school projects to help kind of facilitate all of them and to help teachers learn about the differences between these, these various programs to make some decisions about maybe which middle school program they might be the most interested in. So I was out there and I got to meet with the Rays and just thought they were just fantastic people. And I got to meet people like Jetty Bay Williams, uh, who was a graduate student out there at the time. And it was fun as a grad student with connected math. And she is a grad student with that other program. Um, we got to pal around and got to know each other and, and just had a great time. It was just really a ton of fun to get to talk to somebody who was in another, another program and another project and doing similar kinds of work. So when it came time for me to look for a job, I looked at um, a position that was there at Missouri and I interviewed there. And so I got to see Bob and Barbara there in Missouri and, and all the other folks who were out there. And um, it was really cool. It was really, really great to get to be out there. And they actually made a job offer to me to um, take this position at Missouri. And it basically came down to that position or this position at Miami that I ended up taking. And I really fretted over this decision for a long time. Uh, yeah. um, because there were two very, very different opportunities. So Missouri was very much a hotbed and still is for a lot of really great research that's going on in math education and just some top-notch people in math education, right, in the field of math education research. And at Miami, you know, it was a comfortable fit for me, but it was also a place where um, research was not the big driver, but, but the teaching is. Mm -hmm. And we teach a lot of pre-service teachers here. And so I had to really balance these two things and which thing that I really want to spend the most time doing. And I ended up, you know, choosing Miami and I had to turn Bob and Barbara down yeah. for this position. And I thought, well, that's it. I've just severed that tie, but I would see them at, at AMTE conferences and NCTM conferences. And they were always so kind and so gracious and always, checking in with me to see how things were going at Miami and, and, and talk to me about things. So in eventually then in 2009, uh, I, I think it would have been in the fall of 2009, I got an email out of the, out of the blue. I remember sitting at my desk and getting this email one morning and it was from Bob and he said, Hey, we've gotten this, um, this grant. We're going to do this thing. It's called star. And it's uh, an opportunity to work with up-and-coming mathematics teacher educators. And we're, 
were wanting to know if you'd be interested in this. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Um, how would you want me to be involved? And they said, we need some people to help facilitate sessions and, and things like this. And um, would you be interested in doing this? And I said, of course I would. Absolutely. You don't even have to ask me a second time. Um, so it was so great for me, Joel, for, for these uh, outstanding people in our field to still reach back to me, even though I had turned them down for this amazing job opportunity, yeah, yeah. but they kept track of me and they knew what I was doing and what lots of other people were doing. So, um, so I went out there and that's where I met um, Denise Spangler and I got to meet uh, Jer Confrey and, and, and of course, Bob and Barb and, and tons of other people who came through and worked with the staff, Catherine Cheval and other people who worked on the staff of this program over the years. And, um, then I was retained. I got to stick around. And then I started to do one of the plenary talks on, on teaching. And, and then later they asked me if I would step up and maybe be a co-director with Denise. And those were just fantastic years. So I, I, I stuck around for seven years in the summers of doing this kind of work. Um, and it was all because of some of these connections that I made early on. And uh, I, I'm just so grateful for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah, and just to give it, it's a week in still in still, still in Park uh, City, Park City, Park City. Yeah, Utah, yeah. In, in the summer, and then there's a reconvening back at the next AMTE conference. Yeah, uh, typically like in February, and we yep. we bring the people back together, and they can talk about projects they've worked on, and and we help to connect the um, early career faculty, um, the stars which again stands for service teaching and research and mathematics education. So we help connect these stars so they can form um, research interest groups and teaching interest groups and tons of publications and presentations and stuff have grown out of these different yeah. groups and connections that people make through star that it's, it's outstanding. It's mm -hmm. so, so wonderful. Um, yeah. So we, we work together for a week in the summer, um, I think typically we've landed now in June, although we've moved around some different times. So I think now it's pretty much done for a week in June out in Park City, Utah. And it's just a beautiful environment and a great chance for people to work together. Yeah. yeah. So, Joel, what year were you there? As a, I was as there a in 2012. Mm -hmm. So that was our third cohort. Yes. And I yeah. was... Um, the first star of a star. So Anita Wagger. Nice. My uh, dissertation chair. And, and Anita had been in our first year. Yeah. I think she was a 2010 uh, star cohort. And so that's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Yep. It was a, I, I enjoyed it immensely. So, and still have friends and collaborators. From yeah. That. So it's, and to me, that's, you know, that's one of those, those really um, powerful aspects of the program is that we've helped to connect people, people who are all already fantastic people. You know, we actually pick people who are, are going to be successful in the first place. But what we do is not, we don't pick them for that reason, but we pick people who then maybe need to make some connections to other people who haven't had maybe some opportunities. You know, yeah. a lot of times we'll have, we'll have some people who are at an institute 
institution where they're the only mathematics teacher educator or they're the only one in their department. You know, they might be in a department of mathematics yeah. as opposed to a, a teacher education department. And so um, just bringing together people who maybe have not had a chance to meet before, I think it just lays down a foundation for people. And I think that Bob and Barbara had such a such a great uh, plan for how this would work. And it's continued to to grow and, and just have some of the, the most amazing people involved with it. And I, I want to share this with you, Jeff, because I, I think this is my 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 metaphor. They're not metaphor, whatever. The way I like to describe it. So it's like when you're at your institution and you're getting your degree, so Michigan State, for example, huh? like you have people you're there, but they're almost like your family, like mm-hmm. your, you know, the you know, older brothers and younger brother, sisters and whatever. It's like a family. Sure. And but they're like it's like this uh it's like a vertical alignment, right? There's some people that have gone through the path, and then like you're bringing along others that are uh like not as far along as you. And so you you do have those connections, and those are really strong, right, from your own institution. What STAR does is gives you this horizontal connections where people that are in the same position as you across mm-hmm. different institutions and where, like, yes, you might have people that you know of in different, you know, fields of math ed research from within your own institution. But here's a chance for you to see people in different fields of math across institutions. Um, so, for example... Nick Wasserman, one of my great friends from Star, um, love him. There's no way, no way, I would have ever like been in the same room with him, even at the same conference. Like we just have completely different research interests, and but yet, he has helped me think about my stuff, and he's also just a really good guy to hang around with. And yeah. like, but like that that relationship doesn't exist without star and then now when i have folks that are interested like you know that i get to interact with here at the university of mississippi that are interested in things that nick is really passionate about like i know hey i'm gonna point you to nick and at least there's a starting point to like get into some other research in that area but i know about that or you know even thinking about my roommate jonathan bostic like in some of the things (laughs) that he was doing you know like like there was there's there's there was the, all these different areas of research that I was just not as familiar with. It wasn't in my wheelhouse. And now I have these instant connections to to people in those areas, like Stephanie Casey and Stats Education. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's... You know, it's like it's I could the list is long to keep going there, but like that's what I that I think is the, some of the power of Star is getting these connections to people in other fields that you might not necessarily be aware or familiar with that now you have these, these yeah. relationships with, and then now you can connect other people to that. Yeah. And we were so fortunate to have this, this funding from the national science foundation for star to get it started. Right. There were, there were about four years or so of funding that they were able to provide to really get this program off the ground. And, um, that was critical. That was so, so critical. And I love that, that we had that kind of, of support at that level. Um, but we also knew from the very beginning that that was not going to last forever. That's one of the things right. that NSF said, right? You've always got to have some way to be able to sustain it. And so um, also hats off to, to the Rays for recognizing that and working hard to um, – to set up a kind of a program that's going to be able to sustain itself for the most yeah. part. 
So, you know, they, they really thought hard about how to maintain the star program and have some sort of a, a series of, of directors, right. That kind of circle through that cycle through and, and that has continued on. Um, and I think that's, that's, uh, that's exciting. We, we get new people every year yep. involved and, and that's really, really cool. Great. Awesome. Amazing people from our field. Um, and then we get a lot of support. So, we get some external support. We, you know, we also recognize that people's own institutions uh, are asked to to pay for some part of the support to send people out to the star program. But then we also have a lot of individuals, people in our fields, people who've been involved with star, people who've not been involved with star, who also give back to the star program. Um, we've got individuals who who sponsor a, a star fellow for a year. So for $1,700, um, somebody can sponsor um, a star fellow for, for a year for them to go out. And that's about half the cost of somebody uh, participating in this program. Um, but we count that as a sponsorship. And we get individuals, we get um, programs, we get institutions, um, we we get corporate sponsors, people who who – um, donate at that level. And I just think that is such an amazing commitment. And I'm just in awe and so appreciative uh, that we have people who who do that. But of course, we can't sustain ourselves just on that. We, we have um, corporate sponsorships and we have, um, we also have individuals who can give any amount. Um, and in fact, we even ask each of the star cohorts, we challenge them each year to raise enough money as a cohort to sponsor um, a star fellow for the next year. And so um, part of my other uh, responsibility right now with stars to serve as the, uh, as the director of the, uh, the fundraising efforts that we have for star. And, and with that, you know, right now we're engaged in a campaign to try to get um, enough sponsors to help uh, support the whole program for the next year. And we're doing great. We're doing really, really well. Um, and I continue to challenge each of our cohorts, Joel, 2012, yes. and, and others to, um, to do as much as you possibly can to help, you know, think about how impactful something like this was for you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at you, Joel, but I'm looking at the 414 other stars that we've had over the past number of years. Um, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. We've had 415 people go through um, the STAR program, and now these people are all over the country. Um, some people have, have, have left the profession. A few people have. Uh, a number of people have switched uh, institutions um, throughout their, their time since they've been with STAR. But people are so committed and so supportive of the program. So I, I'm just thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we got two questions and I know we can go to the same page on the website for both of them. Uh, but we'll start with the first one. How do those interested apply for star Jeff? Yeah, it's awesome. So we are in the process right now of asking for people who are in their first or second years of working at an institution as a mathematics teacher educator. Um, they can apply up until November 28th. I'm pretty sure is the date that we have there for that. Um, this year's director is Matt 
Felton Kessler. Uh, and Matt is a former star himself. Yes. And, and he, grad also, I see you got to put that in there. I was going to say he teaches in Ohio. That's the really cool thing. He, he does teach in Ohio. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's, a, he teaches at Ohio university. He's a faculty member there and he does amazing, amazing work. And he's one of our directors. He's our director here for this upcoming summer. So people can reach out and talk to him and work with him. Uh, we've got this information on the website for AMTE. If you go to amte.net, and this is really simple, slash star, AMTE. We're, we're going to put this link in the show notes. Oh, well, excellent. Excellent. In case people so can't it's track that. AMTE.net slash star. And um, there you can see the information about how to apply for the program. And again, uh, there's, there's a link that says joining the star program and you can click on the link for how to apply. And it gives you all the information, um, about this application process. Um, one of the interesting things is that, um, we've done, they, they, we've made a change in star recently. It used to be, you had to be in a, um, in a tenure track, um, to be part of star. And just recently, uh, we've expanded. And it says right now that an applicant is in their first or second year of a tenure track or instructional or teaching or other continuing faculty position in mathematics education. Yeah. That's so that's, that's great because we've had people ask about that for a while. And when this was part of NSF funding, um, it was already – it was connected as part of the, the original grant to be tenure track. But we also recognize that uh, universities have shifted and there's more, you know, there are more of us in math education who are not in a tenure track position, but in a full time teaching position. So, yeah, if you go to that, that website, there's information there about applications. And again, that's up through November 28th. So we encourage people to get involved and, and to check that out. And on that same page, you can do something else with STAR, can't you? Jeff? Oh, you can. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, it's above the other one. Uh, and that's, there's a, a piece there that talks about funding and you can make a donation, make a contribution to the star program by clicking on a link there. Um, and that's a really easy way to, um, to help support the star program. Um, if, if somebody is part of one of our previous cohorts, you know, there's a, there's a place where Joel, you could click on that. And then type in 2012 as your cohort. And then that that donation will get tracked that way so that your cohort can get credit for it. So nice. uh, works works great. But you know what? You don't have to be someone who's been involved with, with Star in the past. We have gotten every year we get we get a bunch of people who have not been directly part of Star, but they've heard about it. They recognize the value of, of building up our uh our early career faculty and we are so thankful for that yeah i mean some people like the you know one of their colleagues was a star or that's right you know, that's right yeah um so yeah and i think also recently i think we have it so you can do reoccurring donations mm -hmm. as well yeah any way you want to right yeah <laughs> anyway we're happy exactly <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll take it help make um, that happen yeah Jeff, do you have anything to promote? Anything, anything going on? And so there are all sorts of fun things. So 
Um, you know, I mentioned earlier about about connections for Star and how people make connections there, but also about how um, people have helped to mentor me uh, when when they are early career people. So um, I've recently had the opportunity to work um, on the uh, on the application for an NSF grant. So uh, Jeremy Zelkowski. And David, David Barnes and I put together an NSF grant that we're not going to talk about yet, uh, but we're hoping that gets funded. So that's an exciting thing that I think will that some people will really want to want to hear about um, if we get the funding for that one. Well, the and, question was anything to promote, Jeff, and anything to tease. That's a <laughs> no. This is this is promoting the awesome connections that people get to make. And there you go. That's, that's cool. And then I also was contacted by George Roy not too long ago about working on an article with him. So I'm excited about that. Nice. And that article is going to be an offshoot of one of these things that I'm hoping to promote. And that is the work that I get to do with language independent logic puzzles. So nice. I, have, I do have the book that, that uh, uh, I've been working on and um, I believe I have found a publisher for now. So I'm excited. Oh, very uh, good but I don't have the details yet. So if you're interested in language independent logic puzzles, uh, keep an eye out. Well, and you do have two, I, I got Ah, them. You've got them right there. I got them right here. The two. (laughs) I do have two other. Yeah. So Jeff has two, um, math and logic. Well, one is called math and logic puzzles that make kids think and spatial reasoning puzzles that make kids think, uh, both for middle grades. Right. And, absolutely which are fantastic and so yeah so yeah so that's the, a whole that's, other episode to talk about puzzles which way too much on, on the other my other podcast <laughs> but yeah Class so emotions. um i just love I, I just love working with with uh with people i've had the opportunity to meet through things like the star program and so um yeah if anybody wants to know more just just let me know awesome well, thanks for spending time with us today, Jeff. Oh, my gosh. It is my pleasure. Awesome. And thanks again for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. We hope that you are able to take action on something that you just heard and interact with other math teacher educators. Also, did you know that AMTE has another podcast, the Math Teacher Educator Podcast? The MTE podcast accompanies the latest edition of the Mathematics Teacher Educator Journal and has authors discuss the work they have submitted for publication to the journal. Find a link to the MTE podcast in the show notes for this episode.